will call the meeting to order. And the first item is to approve the agenda for the meeting. So I need a motion to approve the agenda or suggestions for changing it. I need to approve. Second. All in favor? Okay. Um, unless I'm mistaken, there's no public here. Okay. So then that takes us to item four, to number four. And the first item on that is the director's evaluation committee. And I will step aside and let Ellsworth and the committee take over here. I'd like to request a closed session for the evaluation. I, I move we adjourn to executive session pursuant to section 21.511 of the Iowa Code to evaluate the professional competency of an individual whose appointment, hiring, performance, or discharge is being considered when necessary to prevent needless and irreparable injury to that in individual's reputation. And that individual requests a closed session. I second. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All in favor? I think we All have. Right. I think we have to go round for the recording. Oh, so each of our names and our vote. I don't think you can do it by hand vote for this one. Right. Is that what you remember too? It has to be voice. That's what we did. Identification. Yeah, yeah. Anna Schultz, yes. In favor? Dan Kiernan, yes. Ella Kim, yes. Derek Jones, yes. Claire Matthews, yes. Dan Stevenson, yes. Tom Rockland, yes. Robin Petzold, yes. Carol Kirsch, yes. All right. We can probably stop it. A bit from staying in the snow. Hey. Oh, they don't need to start the video. Oh, yeah, video. <laughs> oh. Can I use a mouse? No, yeah. It's hard to use the screeners. <laughs> so we watch Wheel of Fortune uh, every w. night. And there was a left-handed Wheel of Fortune contestant yesterday. It's hard to spin that wheel with your Something you never considered. Yeah, it was very interesting. Most industrial design is for right-handers. Right-handers are at a disadvantage in almost any production unit. Okay, I think we're ready to move on. Brent just asked you to hit the recording. Done. We are done. Oh, they said they okay. um, So I think we're ready to move on to item 4A. Uh, I think we yeah, 4A. To... Yeah. Right. We just need to yep. vote on We're all trying right, to right. Right. <laughs> I'm saying we, we've finished our closed session and we're ready for a committee member. Is it you, Noah, to report out from the closed session? Um, I'd like to make a motion. Three, four. Sounds good. Uh, salary increase. Uh, 3.5%. All second. All in favor? Aye. Opposed? No. Okay, motion passes. Um, item 4B is setting the building calendar and I didn't are there questions concerns I have one change 
So the calendar itself is correct. Oh, right. It's just the memo. Um, right. It's just the observed and then Monday. Monday. Right. So right. Really and for folks who are new to this, this is something we do every year. Uh, it essentially picks what days the, the buildings and people's <coughs> services are ceased for the recognition of holidays. Sometimes we have the choice of offering a floating holiday versus a, 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 a set holiday. So this just um, lets us make that decision annually rather than. Okay, so is there a motion to approve this building calendar for FY23? Moved. And a second. Seconded. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Mm -hmm. Aye. Um, appointing the nominating committee. Well, this was going to be part of my regular my report. Um, I contacted three people on the board, and they all said yes. So the nominating committee for officers for FY23 will be uh, Dan Stevenson and Tom and Claire. We I don't, I don't know if we always appoint this committee this early in the year or not, but I, cause we really generally report out in May, I think we announced the, the new officers. So you have plenty of time. And I, I think that I do appreciate everybody's willingness to um, serve. Um, I guess we need to appoint, we need about the president just you, appointed. You the There's no board we don't have to vote. <laughs> So thank you, everyone, for being willing to serve. Carol, would you designate one of us as convener, please? Tom, would you please be convener? Big <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Tom move. <laughs> That's rookie. <laughs> yeah, well, you also asked me if being on the committee meant you didn't have to be an officer. That is <laughs> true. <laughs> anyway. It, I appreciate the willingness of the committee members, and I even more so appreciate the willingness, if you're asked to be an officer, that you're willing to do it. Um, okay, item 4D. This is a project that came out of the discussion of banned books and basic attacks on intellectual freedom, and I believe a committee of... Robin and Derek and Claire. No, Claire. No, Claire, I think is going to present. Okay. okay. And Anne, I should say, and Anne. Yeah. <laughs> Anne was instrumental. Um, it was actually really difficult for me to write this because I'm personally invested in a lot of ways on the laws that are passing. <laughs> and so, um, I wanted to be sure that we were hitting basically, and as Derek mentioned, we really want to hammer home kind of that um, intellectual freedom and First Amendment rights are being challenged. It's really our First Amendment rights and freedom to speak and freedom of information that is being attacked because we also feel like that will be more likely be um, a selling point to people outside of Iowa City uh, and in the Des Moines area specifically. Uh, a lot of the bills are continuing to move forward, even as most people are kind of in a holding pattern at the moment. I did intentionally speak to some of the bills in here, but didn't um, 
the parents' rights section did not specifically say that we are for, um, because it sounds like we are for obscenity. If you say that you are against this bill, that we are in favor of obscenity and the definition of pornography. And I, even though we're for free speech, um, aren't necessary, that doesn't, it reads the wrong way. Um, so I looked at this. I also wanted it to be brief. So this is about as concise as it could be, I think. And even honestly, if anyone wants to rigorously edit, I still welcome that because to me, it's also still one of those um, in our modern society, TLDR, too long didn't read kind of uh, situations. Um, but we did want to speak to kind of a lot of the ideas are being proposed in legislation and the idea of transparency. But in a lot of these ways, our transparency already exists. Like we are a public institution. All our bills are posted online. Everything is already transparent. We are following codes that are published and found anywhere. And so are every single school in Iowa or you don't get to do it, along with public library catalogs. So I think there's a lot of mis conception and uh, and especially amongst, in listening to the Iowa legislature talk about what our, our jobs are as librarians and obviously some misconceptions about how we do our job so I was um speaking a little bit to that but also they are kind of couching all of this under parents' rights, that we want parents to have rights. And I don't think any of us are opposed to parents having rights over their own children. So I did want to add that kind of little piece that we encourage and welcome parents to be involved in their children's intellectual pursuits. Um, so I did kind of couch that in there, but adding bills that are restrictive of materials and job descriptions are not the ways you get parents more involved in their children's intellectual learning. So um, that's kind of the lens I started with. Um, and as Anne mentioned, like these bills would fundamentally change how we perceive libraries. It fundamentally changes our thoughts on how we choose materials, who is welcome and available to access the materials and um, Really, we're kind of a democratic idea that's unique in the world. Um, libraries are pretty unique in the world, having talked to people and gone to school who came here to learn our concept of library libraries. Um, I just, um, it's kind of a democratic value and limiting it and limiting it and limiting it kind of changes our availability of democratic ideas as a free republic. Um, I'm happy to take any sort of thoughts on this. It still seems a little bit, to me, like in reading through it again, after looking away for a while and then reading it again, it still almost seems kind of highbrow, but for our general Iowa populace, but, um, of relatives of mine and the western side of the state specifically <laughs> um, characters in mind i have one comment um this is for the reason we put this together is for public distribution with a signature from the trustees so what's under discussion is if this is the letter you want to have to go out from this 
board because it's going to carry your your identity with it or what revisions like right now. I can see Anne's kind of waiting to yeah, okay. But but this is why it's in front of you. It's not to bring you along with us as much as say we're we talked about sending this out in public to the media. Um it's your voice. Right, and you should know what it says. And if this is not what you intend to let the committee know, because we're not a committee that can make the decision for you. I think it's really well done. Really hard job, really well done. Hard to not rant. I, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard to not rant. Yeah. But I'm sure, you know, any of us could edit it and maybe even improve it, but I wouldn't mess with it myself. Certainly willing to, yeah, support this. And thank you for your work on this. The audience is, it would go to newspapers. Register. And I think we possibly could send it directly to some of our representatives if they represent Yeah. But the idea is to make the public aware of the issues that are going on and that and to make the people directly affected by it know there's people backing them. That they're not out there alone. So unless there's other points that anyone wants to make like more point specific, looking at it, I think I think I actually was reading it in our board meeting, but it's really going to be restrictive of digital media too. And I don't think that the legislation has even considered digital media when they're talking about this. Um, I don't think it occurs to them, to a lot of people that our media is also digital media. They're talking about removing books, but they're also talking about banning the internet. You know, like it's also going to have broader right. implications. Right. There's a lot of concepts that multiple legislators thought that librarians just buy a big box of books and don't know what's in it until they open the box. I was actually a little shocked to hear that. They think that we don't actually know what we're buying until we open the box. Nobody has that kind of money. We review every dollar. Like Nobody has that kind of money. You know, Frank, it's probably because those legislators have been, it's been a while since they've opened the book. So. Yeah, that's uh, true. But also, you know, if you look at this nationally, this is editorializing a little bit more. A lot of the investment in this is not local right. government. Right. There are... There are groups behind this on national level, and they're not based necessarily in Iowa, that are pushing this through on a different political agenda. Um, so uh, I want to give some of the, the local representatives the benefit of the doubt. I think they're naive and being led down a path that perhaps they don't want to go. I appreciate your even um, hand. But I think there's a lot of external force, national external force on this issue, and we're a test case. Mm -hmm. There's only, I think, three states that were test cases, and we're one of them. Thank you, Robin. I'm trying to be generous. I'm not. Oh, it's, oh, absolutely, I, it's absolutely I'm, true. Right. <laughs> when have you ever seen campaign dollars poured into school board elections? Yeah, like it, that is a national trend. That's how it's going. Where there's literally election campaigns for school board members. Right. So, um, do we need to vote to proceed? Oh, yes. And is the, uh, is the whole board comfortable with, with this letter? That would be question number one. Question number two, are you basically comfortable with the letter, letter but you would like to have 
an opportunity to read it and give feedback or are we willing to? I, there is just, and I think there's a vital option, but I do want people to know this is pending legislation. I mean, this right. is not something we can sit and wait too long if we're gonna have an effect. So if people want time to mull it over, it should be uh, an efficient amount of time. You know, just so they probably a keep special meeting. Just because the, this is under discussion now. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly urgent. Yeah, there's, there's an urgency to it. And I'll say that, you know, we've talked about this as a board previously and you know, delegated board members to work on it. Right. We've had our opportunity to provide input. I'm certainly comfortable with the board to approve it. Um, all right. Is there a motion then to approve distributing this letter in I'll move. the Second. name of the Iowa City Public Board? Under our name, under the under the board, under the name of the Iowa City Public Library Board. We had so you and you seconded. Okay. All in favor? Carol, I Thank just you. realized do we need to uh, accept the evaluation. We did. I think we did that in the clue. I don't think we did that. Yeah, we only well, approved the raise. We didn't. We approved the raise on the recommendation of the committee. We didn't approve the evaluation of the evaluation. Oh, no, I, I, I don't know, but maybe we want to act conservatively and do that. Let's do it, Justin. Might as well. I don't think so. Like, let's go for it. She was checking out Preston. I move to accept the director evaluation for the 2021 calendar year with the mentioned changes. Seconded. All in favor? All right. Do we have to roll call on that? No, because no, we're in open session. Okay, just to go back, I, I want to thank the board. I had a chance to work with you guys about this. I just was a spectator, but it took a lot of work. And Claire, for you to jump in the first year and, and kind of steer yeah. us in the right direction. I, I know it wasn't easy. So I, thank you. And Derek did a lot of editing and, and yeah. significant contribution. So it, was, it wasn't an easy letter to write. I'm just curious where are we, I think it, originally when we were talking about this letter, we were going to leave it to, it to was it a library publicity or something? I feel like that came up that we weren't deciding necessarily where this is disseminated, but we were leaving it to a little bit, maybe our decision and a little bit to the Iowa City Library to decide how they would like to disseminate this. It's uncomfortable that we had to compile the list and got about a couple of publications outside of Iowa, like Library Journal and Public Libraries, just so that folks are understanding that we are standing in solidarity with others who have done the same with us. I think someone on the committee should see. I don't know if you want to be the one to see that, or, but because it's going off the board's sure. name, or board I mean, I'm happy. I trust your judgment, but I'd also look at it. I'm happy to look at. It. Um, I think. Uh, this is going to have a lot of power outside the agency, but also just want to mention how valuable it is for staff to see that the board is uh, abreast of these issues, is as passionate as we are about um, making positive changes that we can. Um, and I'm, I really think, thank the board for taking the time to, to work on it and to put it forward. Um, it feels like something I wish City would do, but that. You know, still takes mm -hmm. lots of work and input and time. So 
I thank both uh, the leadership team members and the board members for, for working with us. Um, I think because we could get media response, maybe you should restate the policy of how we respond to media as a board. Well, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> the basic idea is that the chair of the board speaks for the board or the chair of the board delegates so if the media contacts us individually. You have the right to speak for yourself as a private member of the community, but on behalf of the trustees. Um, it's the president or, or their designate. The reason that's important is because the local media will call whoever can answer the phone first. Mm -hmm. And they'll just go down the list of every trustee and ask to, to get an opinion. And we want to make sure that the appropriate person gives the statement from the board. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. Because I, I can, once this hits, I'm almost sure I'll president will be, be on the phone. Weeks, but, but then you designate. Like, you designate. It's just like once it hits. The daily I the day the IA one will be <laughs> and we just want to make sure that the message is clear and it's consistent from the appropriate person. Okay, they will be pushy. <laughs> um, okay, moving on to item 4E, which is a policy review that's necessitated, I believe, by our decision to move forward with a vote on going fine free. And I believe Ellsworth has an introduction to this. So I just wrote through a comment sheet memo, um, kind of giving a, a snapshot of what we've been talking about this whole time how we don't have the, the data we'd love to give you, we're going to give you what we have, um, kind of remind people that the response from the public to the extension during COVID has been. Very positive. Um, I think there'd be a lot of community surprise if we we went back to that, which look I mean, we could deal with it, but I think it's it'd be surprising. Um, and also just as a, a reminder of the packet that um, that there is city and council support for this, and that um, it, it feels like making this decision would be furthering those those shared goals that we're all working towards. Um, I think it can feel, especially during COVID, kind of like we're making decisions in isolation, but um, just wanted to, to remind folks that we have been talking about this as appropriate and, and making sure that we're not uh, moving forward with something that would make um, other other stakeholders uncomfortable or have a potentially negative effect on budget negotiations in the future. And then Sam wrote the, the Bring them on to the traditional policy change. There was at least one question, if we need something to start us out here, um, about the um, terminology of fees and costs and what the difference might be. And I think Sam is prepared to, yeah. to, to explain that difference. So um, in order to properly define what this policy is establishing to do, we, we had to remove the concept of fines because the concept of overdue is evaporating. But there are still costs for like replacement cards, uh, faxes, prints, and things of that nature. Now, we don't always like specify what that is in policy because it changes sometimes rapidly depending on needs. Um, but some of them do maintain like the dollar for the replacement card. Um, and so we kind of 
mark those as costs and anything else, I mean, sorry, fees. <laughs> and we marked everything else that would be like materials that were never returned or damaged as cost. It's the cost of that material. But the fees would be the fee for the replacement, the fee for a print. Okay. So if there are places that we feel like we need to tweak that still, I'm ready to. I got. I got. <laughs> that, that, that was me. Um, like eight hundred one two now reads replacement fees. Yeah. I thought you just said replacement for costs. Thank you, Bob. And then there's a Thank you. toolkit. Yeah. That was a lot of money. So 801.2. Thank you. All right. Replacement fees. So, ooh, yeah, so it should be replacement costs now, shouldn't it? Yeah. Well, or, 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 or I, I, I in, in, in my ear, yeah. a fee is what you charge someone. A cost is what you paid. Um, that's, that's, that might not be the way other people hear it. So a book costs a certain amount. Right. There's a fee to replace it. Those aren't necessarily the same right. number. Right. That's a good point. I hear what you're saying. So then in order to make that stand fine, essentially we might have to have the last paragraph of be the one Point oh, circulation library card policy establishes costs and replacement fees for loss of damaged materials because there's a difference between what you're charged for loss of damage and there's a difference between like the replacement of a, of a card, right? Is that, is that what you're in? Yeah, I'm not quite sure exactly how to resolve it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It becomes kind of clumsy because fees comes up twice in that sentence. But... I mean, I think you're right, but I think the, the sentence might have to be. So it could read the circulation and library card policy establishes costs and replacement fees for lost and damaged materials and other circulation services. Or it could say establishes costs for other circulation services and replacement fees for lost and damaged materials, like which sounds a little cleaner. The latter. Like that one. Yeah. Okay. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I will write that down. Thank you. Sorry to divert us from the really big and exciting part of this. Okay, if we could just wrap this up. I know. So we've discussed whether to go find free so much over the past couple of years. Dan, you even missed the best discussion. <laughs> <laughs> the I longest one. expected someone to show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> member of the public would yeah. be interested. <laughs> yeah. So do we need, just by approving this policy, that's the de facto approval of that's going fine, fine free. free? I know, it's a lot of you out there. Is that? <laughs> I'll leave it for a few words, <laughs> This is really anticlimactic. Okay. I must I teared up reading this today. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that you teared up reading a policy. <laughs> I think part of it's fatigue and part of it, I was doing a lot of research on public health and libraries. And uh, this is one of the a very strong public health intervention. Yeah. It, getting rid of fees. Huge. Fines. Not fees. We still have fees. fees right? I guess we still have fines too until we vote. <laughs> okay, so I need a motion to approve the revised policy 80 
6801 with the changes that the board has requested. Okay, all in favor? Aye. Oh, we did it. <laughs> you can get one <laughs> Um, all right. Then we are moving on to item five, which is uh, staff reports. We've got the director's report first. I think one thing to add, um, Jed Miller and I had the opportunity earlier this week to uh, have a meeting about step, permanent step um, fixes for the time. Oh, so we oh, with a, uh, our engineer, um, we had city engineer in the room, but also someone from the firm that, that um, worked on the pet ball in the first place to kind of go over what the vision for the handrails would look like. Um, and then that will lead it to the development of um, materials for getting ready to, to solicit bids. So felt like a nice step forward. There were sort of three options presented, one being the installation of um, handrails, like we've talked about from the beginning, this uh, with scoring of the granite step, like we did on the inside of the building, for those of you who were here at that point, to increase visibility. Um, option two was those interventions plus a strip of, um, I think they call it accessibility tile or something that the has the raised stuff. the bumps um, so that it would go sidewalk, bumpy tile, mm -hmm. and then step with the handrails. Third option was both of those interventions with a safety strip of some kind of fluorescent material on the inside. Our understanding is that we can start with option A, and if that does not solve the problem, option, the second option could be built in retro. Um, so right now we're anticipating that being a choice made. It's sort of the most intentional looking, but also we think will be enough visual cue. Um, and both engineers in the room agreed that would make the most sense. Um, it will be um, as often as a much bigger project and it feels like it should be. There'll have to be quite a bit of <laughs> paver removal. Um, so they can anchor the handrails appropriately, things like that. But um, there's no question it's worth it. And I'm, I was really pleased to to get that that step done. And we'll look forward to um, the draft of uh, the next step soon. So the next step is an RFP. That'll be an RFP. Project kind of. For the steps. For the handrail. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that right now they're sort of using the, the term spring. And so we'll see how that unfolds. Um, they're mentioning it here. jumping up from the ground. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and I did have a, a sort of a question for the board. Um, as we sort of watch the national trends in uh, COVID response, we are seeing uh, mask requirements changing in lots of libraries. Um, we don't have a date for when our mask mandate might change, but when it's time to make that decision here, 
would the board like to be uh, to can we just follow um, the city's recommendations as we have in the past, or do you feel like you'd like to have a special meeting? We've done it before. We know how to do it, <laughs> so I don't I don't have any worries about it. Um, but I just wanted to make sure in case there were different expectations that had arisen. Um, otherwise, report stands. Um, none of us are excited about the firearms conversation, but. This just could be my ignorance, but um, I understand under House File 2176, our librarians, if it's passed, could actually receive personal fines by, for distributing materials. What is our option for any kind of insurance coverage for their legal costs or to cover those fines because it'd be within appropriate job performance? That's a great question. So I did reach out to Jeff Fruin and our legal person um, and, and asked specifically about, should we be making plans right now to protect mm -hmm. classifications and staff? Um, and the response was, at this point, they don't feel like it's sort of an eminent risk enough yeah. to be taking action at that level. Um, they did say, you know, if you if you're hearing different things, you know, they they'd like to hear what we're hearing. Um, but I, yeah, I just I'm nervous about our staff being fined for doing their jobs, um, and that if I understand correctly, they're not being in the union leaves them with no protection whatsoever. Especially the coordinators, they'll have no protection. And so I am a little uncomfortable when a city says, Oh, don't worry about it, it's not gonna happen. It just so I'm, I'm willing to give some time, but I think we should keep an eye on this issue because I, I think they're in a tough position. We're asking them to do we could be asking them to do two different things. Right. Um, do you think that there are steps I should take right now? I don't, I, I'm not an expert in this issue. So I'm I don't know if it's a matter of keeping it on. The, just putting on the burner so the city knows okay. this isn't true. I just, I think the staff would bear the cost of that and it makes me uncomfortable. Can we add it as an agenda item for next month and then kind of, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say it'd be really, really unusual for it to go into effect before July 1st. So that would give us and time the session to would end in May normally. So, yeah. so we'd have so a little bit of time. Updated on I will be clear, the city's response was not in any way or no, no, right. Saying, they're probably saying, Don't worry about it. Yet. Said, you know, all our signs are pointing to yeah. you're not going to have to. I know. I just, um, I, I kind of wanted to make them all aware that if this should pass, it's this kind of a city burden to absolutely that we, we need protective for staff. Yeah, and I can sort of make some inquiries with other directors of bigger, like, and it could be it's premature. I just Better to it be still makes me nervous. It theoretically wasn't supposed to make it out of subcommittee. And it right, that's why I keep blew. hearing, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And that keeps progressing. Um, it keeps progressing. And it was supposed to have not. So, um, thinking back to the weird mask issues last summer with people seeming to be targeting the library, I do worry that a similar group may. Yeah. Maybe no, that's a little bit too reactive. But. No, I don't think it's too reactive. Three times. I think. And we're really, um, and, and I mean, I'm taking a real leadership role in working on 
intellectual freedom training for staff, thinking about what are the scenarios that, um, that could come up that we need frontline staff, even before any of this happened, yeah. because the evidence in the, in the air. Um, so we're, we're working hard to have to really empower staff to know um, what the issues are, what how to react. I'm, I'm sure people have seen those um, sort of freedom audits that are done in public yeah. buildings where groups come in and are very aggressive and they record public servants' responses to um, sort of tough questions about um, rights and things like that. And it, um, they're horrifying to watch. And I can only imagine once your adrenaline really kicks in trying to answer these philosophical yeah. questions. Um, so we're, we hope that won't happen. And, um, but we want staff to be as empowered as possible. Um, so, so in the past, sometimes you mentioned that when the board asks for things like this, you never know what we're really expecting. And so we leave you kind of hanging. I just want to say on this, I just would like to keep it on your radar. I'm not asking for anything okay. specific other than if this bill starts to go forward, we need to be in a, we need to be willing to, to take some action very quickly. I think we can add it certainly to the agenda for next month as well. Um, but I do appreciate the clarification. Okay. Um, this person is here. Um, people have comments or questions about the children's. Okay, Anne, I guess you're up next. Uh, what no, no questions. Okay, and Brent. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the security plan that we uh, put on my report. Um, so we we'll put that on there uh, now for a couple of different reasons. One is I wanted to lay out the basics. Components of what we've got coming. Uh, so, you know, I was sort of like, yeah, you know, I had a little view of each part, but you know, one of them is a computer awareness program where primary audience that is for staff is trying to get by and making sure they understand why they're doing what they're doing, that sort of thing. There's also a certain audience, there's a certain audience as well. So, it wasn't clear. This is sort of like the thought thing, you know, we want to make sure um, but uh, so I was, I, I would say that uh, you know, as, a, as things have been coming in more and the focus, I'm realizing more and more we're kind of behind, behind on many fronts. So I'm just trying to keep pushing my pieces ahead as much as I can. Um, but one of the one of the key places is uh, you know I, I don't really I didn't have the specific um, request in the budget for for this project. And that's something I should have had this one. I don't have enough the next one. So um, part of that is that I'm not quite I'm still trying to figure out what that would be if I didn't have a request or what how, how the pricing works or 
who can I turn to, all those things. That's, that's sort of where I am now. And that's a little bit where I want to get this in there and sort of put that into your heads. Um, so I may I may be needing some help in terms of um, trying in some way. But the question is what kind of help do I need? <laughs> so um, one obvious uh, so I've got a few different strands that I'm kind of working on. One is of course the city. The city uh, definitely thinks about security more than we do, and I'm kind of a few steps ahead. You know, I do talk to uh, my, my colleague there, and he definitely is some of the same building sets that he's overwhelmed with the amount. And from reading and watching webinars and those things, I think that's sort of an issue wide kind of response to um, security issues Part of that is just the sheer number of incidents that you're working with. It's also the amount of food that is being produced uh, now that you have to kind of work through a flood of data trying to find its parts. So the city is definitely, I mean, we work with them already all the time because we're integrated. So for example, you know, they, they are doing our firewall. So that's all about security. We also get our endpoint security, that's sort of like the virus part on each workstation for them. Um, and so we've got other projects coming that we will work with them in different ways. Um, I don't think it makes sense to, to put all our eggs in that basket, I guess, um, because for number reason, one is it's a pretty big culture difference between what the city's kind of goals are for IT as opposed to ours, and there's just a general. So definitely, we, we would be working with them on multiple. I mean, the security incident response plan piece that I talked about is definitely involved them during the first call. And, um, I do believe they have just hired a, a new firm position that specializes on the security part. So I, I think they just started. So, you know, I'm hoping that um, eventually that person could help step in in a, in a, in a situation where we're going to continue to get responsible. But there are other ones. There's um, some government entities that uh, specifically are created for uh, local governments and, and public institutions that have kind of, of a big web presence uh, and offer different services. Some of them are free, some of them are for some okay. I have um, kind of put requests to those to sort of see what exactly they can do and how it works. And I haven't had a lot of response back, so I'm not sure if it's more for show or if I just haven't done it right. You know what I mean? So that is another thread that I'm working through and um, looking for help. And some of those might be, you know, scanning and testing from the outside to see if there's any uh, any ways for people to get in, or it could be. Um, they have kind of like detection services that they kind of install that would help. And they also also help with supposed to do incident response. So uh, third, there's um, private vendors. You know, there's a fairly well-known uh, security um, consultancy group here that I think they work with people all throughout the Midwest. It's fairly well known. The city has worked with them. So I need to kind of launch that and sort of figure out what their pricing model is, how does it work? Are we in the realm of possibility of being able to hire them with what we have? Um, is it, you know, 
how does it break down to different kinds of services they can provide, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think that um, each, and there's, I think there's other ones that I haven't come up with yet. So I think for each different part and piece of this, I could find out the ways that I need, to, I need to look for either services from vendors or maybe products, that sort of thing. I think that's what I kind of need to work on now is just to figure out what, what exactly I'm trying to give us a list of what I have Huh. I'm just thinking, do you ever think that was going to be your life? It's just, just yeah, yeah. This is a library. It's very, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 you know, I always tell everyone that it's, it's, it's a bit of a drag. And, it's, and I don't mean, it's a drag that it's not particularly interesting to learn about. Yeah. But it's also a drag in the sense that it slows us down. It slows the staff down. It's, slowing, it's going to slow everything down. So it's already, I, I kind of trying to one of my colleagues uh, as part of the security awareness program is, is sort of make it clear that things are not going to happen as, as fast as they want to do because they're trying to get that. It's sort of like a boat anchor, you know, track. Mm -hmm. My team, they, they love fixing things. They love making things work and building new stuff and trying to respond to stuff. You know, the staff frequently talk, say, you want to do this? Project or whatever, we have an idea that technology would help, and that's the kind of thing that we enjoy the most. This other stuff is something that we're kind of forcing on myself to try to figure it all out, and unfortunately, I'll hide to mostly responding, but it's not going to be the interesting part of The answer to this might just be no, but it, is there a Threat that's specific to libraries is because there's something that libraries worry about that other people don't worry about. Not that I know of. Okay. I think it's more just. It used to be a little bit that you know the target for bigger corporations, you know, financial institutions, that sort of thing. And yeah. Now it's just for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of costs because of the occupation Ukraine and also the Iranian. several times where we go through like what if this stereo happened and we talk about the political impacts the impact on operations the impact on and privacy is so like a dear concept to us that almost all of our response every time is like well that's catastrophic like the patron data got breached that's that how do we recover you know the so I think that that makes it even harder to untangle as librarians. Um, and as we kind of learn about this from, from Brent's exploration, um, I feel like one of his best skills in it is kind of breaking it down for the rest of us. Um, and we've been spending time at every leadership team meeting um, talking about pieces of this and 
just kind of making sure that he's bringing us all along. So it's a lot to think about and a lot to think about budget implications and things, but I, I really am glad that we're taking it on. I think that, that exercise that we took in some form. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. I, I, that would be great. That would be a good idea. Okay, um, Patty, Patty had a report in the packet. Can I elaborate or not? I will just say thank you very much for your patience with me as I just kept calling and saying, um, <laughs> how about this Friday instead of that Friday instead of this Friday instead of, wow, why people are reluctant and whatever. Anyway, hope you can a week from tomorrow, cross your fingers. <laughs> Hopefully, not going to have a new day. Uh, we will be there first in person. That's in almost two years, so it's delightful that they consider us that good of a partner, and it's been a, a nice event in the past. So. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm excited as well to announce a new, just in today, Eat Out to Read with um, Nikki's Irish. Oh. Is it Nikki's Irish? Oh, oh, thank you. Uh, down there on the street. After your next trustee meeting on March 24th. So I'm gathering more details and we'll have information about that. And the Iowa City Public Library Friends Foundation has leapt into the digital world with text to donate. Ooh. Effective yesterday. <laughs> uh, a little bit different than text to give in that it is tied to a credit card, goes directly to the provider that we work with to do our online giving so that I don't need to make arrangements with every mobile phone company, et cetera. Um, and the fees are very different, and we don't wait three months to get our money. <laughs> so we'll we'll publicize information about that, and we're just moving along. I'm happy to answer any questions. But yeah, it's been a hard month as we've lost people. We have events coming up. Do restaurants for Eat Out to Read approach you, or do you go out there? It's a combination of both. I think that the word of family is out on the street, but if you get a call from Patty, they actually send people. So it'll be good for you, restaurant, as well as you'll give a little bit of money. And considering we get 10 to 15 to 20% when you see $1,000 commit, I mean, to me, to know that restaurants are making the money that gave us that in one day, thanks, Wes. Um, gives you an idea of how much money is being made by people eating and drinking in Iowa City. So, yeah. If you have an idea of a restaurant, though, please do let me know. Thank you, Patty. Um, I assume there's not any miscellaneous stuff <laughs> floating around. Um, Patty's report um, dovetails nicely with my report. First of all, I, 
I do want to thank again the people who agreed to be on the nominating committee, and I want to thank the people who did the evaluation because I did that one year, and it, it's, it, it can take actually quite a lot of time. But um, this, the library board always has two representatives on the ICPL Friends Foundation board, and that is what Patty is talking about. That's the Friends Foundation. They are a basically a fundraising, especially a fundraising arm for the library, and we we always have two board members who will also be on that board. Hannah's in her second year, Robin's done it. I've done it a couple years. Derek's doing it this year. Um, it's a really good way to learn about the Friends Foundation. Um, the foundation, I mean, I was really pretty, pretty impressed with the level of people on that on that board the, the amount of effort that actually goes into fundraising and keeping the finances straight and all the work that patty does so it, it is a good learning experience um, think about it if you would be willing to do that i would say um, you know maybe if you, if you know you want to do it let me know i kind of told patty by april maybe we'd have somebody who I could give her names for a couple people. Um, perhaps Hannah or somebody could speak to what the time commitment is. Um, the time commitment for me is fairly minimal because I don't sit on the committees, which is an option for trustees. Um, other, uh, other board members are required to be on committees. Um, meetings are at four o'clock, usually on Thursdays at four. Are they always on Thursdays at four? No, they're usually at four o'clock. <laughs> Sometimes on Thursdays. Sometimes <laughs> on board of trustee meeting days. So that's a lot of library meetings. <laughs> uh, but it, it is interesting. I mean, the foundation works really hard and raises a lot of money for the library. So it's been an interesting learning experience. And meetings are not monthly. They're usually four times a year. Four times. I served on the fundraising committee. Gosh, I thought they were meeting all the time. But so if you, if, but it's a really good way to meet people, and it, it's really eye-opening to, to see all the all the tentacles they have out there in the <laughs> fundraising uh, community. It's, it's pretty interesting. So if you think you have the time or the inclination, um, consider it at least. It's, it's a one-year commitment. You don't have to sign up for the rest of your life. And the only... Well, you could. Well, you can. <laughs> you, you can. Um, the only other thing I would add is that I would like to send kudos to Jen for the board packet. I thought it was yeah. really good. I think I think she's going to be great. You can tell that it's even the like when I turn to the um, agenda, the calendar for the agendas for the upcoming meetings, they have all those special events and things on. So so I I think you're off to a great start from my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, 
announcement from members. Any board members have anything they want to say besides let's go home? Um, the, the committee reports. Do we have an ICPL foundation report? We do because we met last week. Um, Anne gave a great presentation that the whole board was really excited to hear about intellectual freedom. Uh, we approved a new strategic plan. It'll be in the March Development Office report to the trustees, so you'll see it in four weeks. Um, bylaws were revised. The main change is that the president can now vote at all committee meetings. And it also allows for electronic notification of meetings for the <laughs> corporate meetings. So um, <laughs> another way we're coming into the 21st century. Um, I believe the bylaws said that it could be faxed before. Didn't it? We did. Yes. <laughs> 21 days ahead. And sometimes I, I do my best to work with those deadlines, but <laughs> seven to 14 days is probably more realistic. So we get an email from. So the corporate meeting is an annual meeting that all the trustees attend. It's at, it's at five o'clock. So yeah. that's our typical time. Um, for an annual an annual meeting with them. Um, we also have a bunch of events coming up, which Patty talked about. And as always, we are recruiting members. So if you know anyone who wants to serve on the Dutch Foundation, they can contact Patty. Thank you, Hannah. Um, communications are there's a, a couple articles in the packet. Are there other things that to be shared? And now we move on to um, approving the consent agenda, the board minutes from January, and then the disbursements. I need a motion to approve the consent agenda. Second. I'll second. Okay, all in favor? Aye. All righty, and then finally, set the agenda for the March meeting. Looks like we have a policy review, a couple policy reviews and departmental reports at this point. That's what we have. Um, okay, we can have to approve that, right? Because we approve it once it, when it happens. I, just before I adjourn, I, I mean, I don't mind taking phone calls from wherever if this, I will be traveling for two weeks. So just say don't care when I return your call, it's okay. Oh, they care. <laughs> right away. When are you leaving? Tomorrow. A volunteer spokesperson to field um, inquiries from Sounds like the Daily Iowan. <laughs> Just the vice president. One, two. You'll do it? Okay. Okay. You'd probably talk to the Daily Iowan a couple times. I talked to the Daily Iowan. I'll be on the time. <laughs> they have your home phone number. <laughs> got my cell number, but I haven't lost it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I think we will adjourn the meeting.